Preface of Left to Themselves, being the ordeal of Philip and Gerald, published 1891. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Donald Cummings Left to Themselves by Edward Arrhenius Stevenson Preface A preface to a little book of this sort is an anomaly. Consequently, it should be understood the sooner that these forewords are not intended for any boys or girls that take up left to themselves. It is solely for the benefit of the adult reader led by curiosity or carefulness to open the book. The young reader will use his old privilege and skip it. It was lately observed, with a good deal of truth, that childhood and youth in their relations to literature are modern discoveries. To compare reading for the boys or girls of today with that pervade even twenty-five years ago, in quantity and quality, is trite superfluity. It has begun to look as if catering to this discovery of what young minds relish, and of what they absorb, has gone incautiously far. There exists a good measure of forgetfulness that children, after all is said, are little men and little women, with hearts and heads, as well as merely imaginations to be tickled. Undoubtedly these last must be stirred in the story, but there is always a large element of the young reading public, to whom character in fiction, and a definite idea of human nature through fiction, and the impression of downright personality through fiction, are the main interests, perhaps unconsciously, and work a charm and influence, good or bad, in a very high degree. A child does not always live in and care for the eternal story, 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 incident, 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 of literature written for him. There are plenty of philosophers not yet arrived at tale coats or long frocks. They sit in the corners of the library or schoolroom. They think out and feel the personality in narrative deeply. This element, apart from incident, in a story means far more to impress and hold and mold than what happens. Indeed, in the model story for young readers, one often says it, but does not often succeed in illustrating it, the clear embodiment of character is of the first importance, however stirring or however artistically treated or beneficial the incidental side. Jack feels more than he says from the personal contact, feels more, maybe, than he knows, and Jill is surely apt to be as sensitive as Jack. Has there not, little by little, come to be a little too much of kindly writing down to childhood and to youth, of writing down to it until we are in danger of losing its level and getting below it? Is not thoughtless youth more thoughtful than our credit extends to it? Certainly a nice sense of the balance between sugar and pill seems needed just now, admitting the need of any actual pill. Children, after the earliest period, are more serious and finer and more perceptive natures than we may have come to allowing, or for which we may have come to working. We forget the dignity of even the young heart and mind. Light-hearted youth does not necessarily mean light-headed youth. This story, with apology for such a preamble, is written in the aim at deferring to the above ideas, and furthermore, at including in the process one or two literary principles closely united to them. It will be found, its writer hopes, to embody study, as well as story, for the thoughtful moments in young lives, on whose intelligence daily clearly break the beauty and earnestness of human life, of resolute character, of unselfish friendship and affection, and of high aim. To them, 
and of course to all adult readers who do not feel themselves out of sympathy with the idealings and fair inclusions of one's early time in this world, what follows is offered. New York City, February, 1891. End of Preface